Hello, everyone. Welcome to To Be Heard Podcast, your weekly faith-filled and motivational podcast where listeners are encouraged, cultures challenged, and the truth can be heard. My name is Ayana Simone, and I'm so grateful that you are tuned into today's To Be Heard Tuesday, y'all. I hope that the last couple of episodes have been most helpful to you, especially for those of you who have committed to following the dream and the passion that God has placed on your heart. You know that this is something that is from the Lord. It's something that you have uh, sensed from the very beginning of time. And um, you're serious. You're walking in it. You want to build it and cultivate it. And I just pray and have been praying that the last couple of episodes have been most helpful to you. And I do want to shout out those of you who have let me know how the episodes, um, these last few To Be Heard Tuesdays of season five, has helped you that brings me so much joy because that's the purpose y'all like I see y'all you try to make it you try to you know go out there do the thing that God has you to do and um, I know what that process had looked like for me and I'm still in that process and it's just a true honor to come alongside you and just give y'all some of the things that I've learned and are currently learning and um, again can't say it enough my prayer is that um, the last couple of episodes have been helpful to you but um, as I say that I want to make mention you know season five isn't just for the artsy fartsy dreamers you know it's not just for the the writers and the singers songwriters and actresses and dancers and even the athletes all the all the things right that um may not be uh may not be relatable to everyone tuned in like you may be listening and you're like my call right now is just to be a parent or to be a friend. And, you know, I want to make it known, like, I'm speaking to y'all too. I'm tending to y'all too. I, I do pan to the creative audience a lot because I'm artsy-fartsy myself, but um, I'm talking to y'all too. And, um, you know, and, and so before I get into the bulk of today's episode, which I'm really excited to talk about, it's going to be a more vulnerable episode today. Um, but before I, I get into it, I do feel the need to pause and just, you know, just kind of lean into what it looks like to be walking in purpose once again because I don't want anyone to feel excluded from any to be here Tuesday Um, I kind of mentioned this a couple episodes back but I want to bring it to the forefront of today's episode you know your purpose and Genesis makes this very clear your ultimate purpose is just to be with God and I think the coolest thing about that is that all of us can do that. You know, we can be with God. That's what we were made for, just to be with him, to commune with him. I don't care who you are. That is everyone's God-given purpose. But the coolest part about that is that out of your being, you do. Like out of your being, you produce, you cultivate, you build, you dream. And when it comes from a healthy place of being, you do a lot of incredible things. And I've seen that play out many times. Just in other people's lives, I have a few examples of my own where, you know, when you live out your purpose, which is ultimately to be with God, you get to partner with him and do some really incredible things. And so for those of you who are kind of discouraged, like, I don't know if I have a purpose. And maybe you've been tuning into the last couple of episodes and you're like, I don't know what that thing is yet. Listen, your purpose is just to be with God. And out of that being, there is a doing that he assigns you specifically to. And what he assigns you to may not be what he assigns me to. And thank God for that. Like, who wants to live in a world where everyone's doing the same doggone thing? Like, I cannot stand a copycat. Like, I love when people are just original and they're unique. And 
whatever God's called them to, they stay true to that and they don't try to mirror what everyone else is doing. There's something so special when you hear from God, like after you're being with God and in your being with God, you get a really clear vision about what you are to do. And um, I just trust, you know, if you feel like in your being with God, he hasn't revealed that to you yet. He will like that. I don't I try to stay away from like bold statements of like, you know, making promises to a bunch of people but that is one thing I can absolutely promise you if you are being with God faithfully like you do life with God you are with him like you know that's your purpose just to be with God if you feel like he hasn't revealed your doing yet trust that he will I promise you that he will reveal what you are supposed to do on the earth if you are being with him and so with that said for some of us in our being with God we'll find that he's calling us to do um, something super creative. And it could be in the music industry. It can be in the movie industry, maybe in the writing industry. Um, The list goes on. There's all these creative things um, that you can do, which makes sense, right? Creator God, when we are being with him, the most creative genius in the whole universe, y'all. Of course, when we're being with him, we're going to be called to something super creative, And it could be in, you know, the industries I just named, but it also could be, you know, being creative as a mom or being creative as a friend or being like, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to look like what everyone else is doing. Your doing could just be to be a parent or your doing right now, right now could just be to be a great student. Wherever God has you, you can walk out and live out your purpose in any facet, in any avenue. And it may not look like everyone else's, and that's okay. Be true to what God's calling you to. Please don't try to do what everyone else is doing. We're going to talk about that at some point in the season, about staying true to what God's called you to. But I felt it necessary, before I get into the content of today's To Be Heard Tuesday, like everyone has a purpose, and that purpose is just to be with God. And in your being with God, there's a doing assigned to your being that may not look like everyone else's, and that's okay. And so I wanted to make that very known before we kick off or at least dive into today's To Be Hurt Tuesday. I wanted to make that known because while all of our doings look different and all of our callings essentially look different, there is a certain experience that all of us are going to face as we walk out the call that God's placed on our hearts. Okay, this thing is something that we unfortunately cannot avoid. And even for those of you who feel like God hasn't revealed what you're supposed to do just yet, it don't matter who you are, all of us are going to experience the very thing that I'm highlighting for today's To Be Heard Tuesday And that is, of course, feedback, which is another way of saying we all unfortunately have to experience what people are going to say about us. Now, there is a handful of things that people can say about us, and we're going to talk about it all on today's episode. And it's the very reason why I titled today's To Be Heard Tuesday as Critics, Compliments, in comment sections because we're gonna find out together that there's always going to be criticism and there's always going to be compliments as well and a lot of those times we're gonna find both of those things in the comment section (laughs) 
And so really quickly, before I dive into the bulk of today's episode, I want to very quickly bring some definition to the critic, the compliment, and the comment section, okay? Because maybe this goes without saying, but the critic is the person who is never going to be a fan of yours. It don't matter what you do. It don't matter what you don't do. This particular person is never going to agree with what you do, what you say, and who you are. Like, don't even bother trying, okay? You're not going to win them over. They're kind of a hater, okay? They're never going to like what you post, but for whatever reason, they still follow your posts, which is another conversation for another day. But these people, they don't they don't really know you enough to comment anyway, but they look, they see you from the sidelines and they don't like you. They don't like your music. They don't like your movies. They don't like how you play on the basketball court, okay? They don't like how you parent. They choose to misunderstand you, okay? There's kind of like a commitment to not liking you. I am talking about critics. A lot of them are mean. They're just outright judgmental. A lot of them, if not all of them, have pride. They don't have a listening ear to any of what you're doing. Again, they're just committed to not liking you. So these are the kinds of people who I'm telling you right now, don't waste your breath. Like you, you're never going to win them over. They are the critic. But on top of the critic, what you'll also find in your experience of, you know, doing whatever God's called you to do, you're also going to find some compliments. Okay, there are some people who are going to be a fan of you. I'm talking about those people who... If you have an album coming out, they are going to stay up till midnight and make sure that they're one of the first people to listen and they will post it on your story and they will, you know, pre-save the album before it comes out or the people who wait outside the store to get the brand new product you just came out with or they don't mind paying extra for the VIP ticket. Like they value you that much. They think you're worth that amount of money and they do want to meet you backstage because of how much they admire you. These are people who know and have memorized the lines to every movie you've ever been in. Like people who they're just your fans. They love you. They love what you do. They know maybe a little too much about you because of how much they love you. You're going to find that too. It's not just criticism, but you're also going to find people who compliment you. And the irony of this is that in the same place where you may find a lot of criticism, That'll be the same place you find a lot of compliments, which leads me to introduce and define the comment section, y'all. Everybody's got a comment section. Even if you are not on social media, you have a comment section, okay? Because in that comment section, again, you'll find some criticism and you'll also find some compliments. You don't have to be online to experience this. You can walk out your house and get some people complimenting your outfit and some people thinking to themselves, what on earth are you wearing, okay? The comment section is a place for you to be lifted up and torn down all in one place. People who agree with you and people who disagree with you. The comment section is where you will find it all. And I would argue that the comment section is a very overwhelming place to be. Okay, because on one hand, you're feeling real good and the first couple of comments come in and they're dropping the heart emojis like, girl, you look good and like all the things. And soon enough, and obviously this depends on the size of your platform, but soon enough, you might have a critic come in and 
depending on what you post, they may make a comment about what you're wearing or they may make a comment about your content or they just may feel that it is their duty to let you know how they feel about what you just posted. Like you'll find it all in the comment section. And the reason why I'm recording today's episode um, is because I think we ought to decide right now whether or not we've launched the thing or we haven't yet. I think we ought to pause and decide in advance how we are going to respond because I will be the first to say, and today's episode is going to be a bit more vulnerable, but I will be the first to say that I have not responded to these three things well. I will be so very honest about that. It is best if I do because truly y'all and again I'll, I'll be vulnerable there have been some prayers that I have prayed some tears that I have cried some questions that I've asked when it comes to how in the world do I respond to this because just a little backstory on me and I am so in tune with myself and with my past and my childhood I've walked out a healing journey in a lot of ways. I'm still walking out a healing journey, which, as you know, requires you to just like know yourself better and know your past better. And so I, I'm thankful to say I know myself enough to know what triggers me and what doesn't. And something that um, just looking at who I was as a kid, it always really mattered to me what people said. Like, again, just taking my faith out of it for a second. If you just look at Yana, the girl, how she was even as a kid, I always took to heart what people have said. It's a really sensitive area for me, um, which didn't necessarily go away when I got older. And not only that, not only when I got older, but when I did get serious about my faith and in my being with God, I'm like, okay, Lord, what do you, what do you want to do? Like, what have you assigned for me specifically to do? Not only did it not go away, but it got so triggered <laughs> when I began to walk in the call that God has for my life. Now, I'm a communicator. I feel that that's what God's called me to. So I communicate through writing. I obviously communicate through the podcast, through speaking, all the things. And something that I've really hold near and dear to my heart to a fault is the response, the feedback. Um, and it didn't take me long to realize, oh, crap, I think I'm dealing with the fear of man. And I almost titled today's To Be Heard Tuesday as the fear of feedback because I've struggled with that so much. Like, I'm, I'm so embarrassed to admit this. But when it came to my calling and it came to, um, you know, some things that I felt God has led me to say and led me to write and led me to do, I knew from the very beginning, Lord, the feedback is going to vary on this. And again, if you know my past, if you know my sensitivities and my triggers, you would know why that would scare the living daylights out of me. <laughs> because, you know, you want to talk about the critic. The critic would make me want to quit before I would even get started. Y'all, I would see people who, not people who I know or people who know me, but 
people who at that time I would admire from the from afar and I would see how they would get criticized in the media and how they would be attacked for reasons that I don't think were very righteous like just this unwarranted hate you know it, it was just pure hatred and criticism and I would see how that would happen to them and and seeing that made me want to quit before I even got started like before I really got serious about my writing for real I would see that and be like, that is not going to be me. And that was in the age of, you know, cancel culture, which I mean, I won't argue whether or not we're still living in that culture, but that was when it was at its peak and I would be terrified. Uh, This is going back to season one, but I actually recorded an episode on this. It's called FOMU. You know, people talk about FOMO, the fear of uh, missing out, but I talked about FOMU, the fear of messing up because I'm like, God, I see how people are getting criticized and canceled. Like, I don't want to do nothing. Like, I was so afraid of making a mistake and, you know, all of my perfectionistic ways kind of came up and I would be so afraid to mess up because I didn't want to be canceled or criticized. So the critic would make me want to quit before I even got started, but... I know this is wild to say, but in my discovery of this really terrible but uh, significant fear of man and fear of feedback that I had, y'all, it got so bad that I would be afraid to be complimented. Like when people would compliment me and they would come back with like, man, we love your stuff and we love your writings and all that. And they would just kind of, um, you know, just share their compliments with me. I realized early on in my journey of walking out my call, I realized that even the compliment scared me, y'all. That's how bad it was. Because then I would think to myself, oh, shoot, I have a standard now. And I made an impression. And now I have to keep up that impression. And again, it went back to the fear of failing. Like, what if I mess up? And I, like, lose their respect. And, like, all these things. Y'all, even the compliment would scare me. And this is crazy. I know I'm not condoning any of this. I'm trying to show you how crazy this was. Because even when you consider the comment section as a whole, where, you know, one group of people would say this, and they would love what I'm doing. And, you know, they would kind of champion that. And others not so much. And it's like, what do you do with that? How do you respond? Y'all, I'm talking to those of you who can relate those of you who do have the fear of man or you do have the the fear of feedback, you know, just for the purpose of today's episode. I'm recording today's To Be Heard Tuesday to tell y'all something that I certainly needed to hear at the very beginning of, you know, my journey of just living out the call that God's placed on my heart, getting serious about, you know, my writing and podcasting and communicating the gospel like in the early stages of that. I am recording today's episode so that you guys could hear what I really needed to hear early on because perhaps you are ready to launch the thing, but you are so very afraid to do that. Or maybe you've already launched the thing and you're experiencing your first wave of backlash and criticism and you are stuck. You're like, oh shoot, I didn't know that this came with a package like You know, when you first start off doing whatever you're called to, it's very fun and exciting. But when that first bad review comes, you're like, oh, my gosh, like that kind of hurt. Or, you know, maybe people you've been in this thing for a long time and you are, you know, you've already put your hands to um, what God's called you to and you're cultivating that and building that. And 
you're realizing very fast, oh man, the people who used to like my stuff, they don't like it anymore and they have unfollowed the page. And what? how do you deal with that? And maybe that's kind of where you're at or regardless, maybe you're getting both sides. Maybe you're getting the praise and the criticism, the compliments and the criticism and you're just, you're stuck. Listen, today's To Be Heard Tuesday is for you because as I've already stated, I know what that's like and I'm not going to act like I, I've figured that out and I've mastered it and I'm like, yeah, I don't care what people say, what people think. No, there are some moments where I'm like, I still really deeply care, but even then I am really grateful and I'm so, I mean, all thanks be to God because um, he's ultimately the one who has refined me in this area, but there's a handful of things that I've learned that have strengthened me and have really, I would say, kind of prepared me for where I I feel that God's taken me next, at least when it comes to feedback, like how people respond to you, how people respond to what you do. Um, And I learned from someone who I got to bring to the podcast. But to be very honest, it's not like I haven't brought this man to the podcast before. Okay, because we're going to talk about someone in scripture, of course, who um, handled feedback very well. I mean, this man experienced all kinds of feedback and then some like the feedback that we've experienced here on earth in our journey of living out, you know, the call that God's placed on our heart, the little feedback we've experienced. This man has experienced it to a T, okay, to the fullest level of experience. He's experienced all kinds of criticism, all kinds of compliments, and many times he's experienced both of those things all at once. And when I say this man has experienced all that to the T, I mean he died and rose again and still is being criticized, complimented all at the same time. And of course I gave it away who I'm talking about. He is, I would say, one of the most loved, depending on who you ask, but the most loved and yet most hated, most misunderstood human who has ever walked the planet in all of history. His name, of course, being Jesus. He's 100% man, 100% God. And to this day, y'all, if you've seen footage of people going up to random strangers on the street with a microphone in their face asking how they feel about Jesus, you're going to get all sorts of answers. And the man is literally seated at the right hand of the father. Okay. We're talking about Jesus today, y'all. Um, because again, can't say it enough. He's a hundred percent God, a hundred percent man, which means that he in his human body never did anything wrong, never fell into sin. He's completely perfect. A hundred percent God, like absolutely faultless, a hundred percent sinless, didn't do anything wrong. And I would say he's one of the most criticized beings on the planet in the whole universe. Like you take a person who you think has just been criticized to the core. I'm going to say that Jesus has been criticized even more. He is the most misunderstood uh, person on, on planet Earth. And and depending on who you ask, if you walked up in a church and asked how we felt about him, we love him. OK, we love Jesus. But we understand and that everyone does. And so we can obviously see this to be true in our modern day, like just the different kinds of opinions you'll get about Jesus. But I do want to uh, take some looks at how that played out during his time here on Earth. You know, 
uh, he had a ministry that lasted three and a half years and he was about 33 years old when he was nailed to the cross. Um, and there's a handful of things that happened during his ministry that all point to the three kinds of feedback we're talking about today, where one moment he is being heavily criticized and the next he's being uh, worshipped and rightfully so because he's God. But we see how those two things kind of coexist. And um, I think the best example of that, of Jesus's comment section, because obviously there was not uh, an Instagram back in the day. But I think we see a piece of what his comment section would look like um, in the book of John. If this is um, the seventh chapter in the 12th verse, I want to read y'all what it says. I think it clarifies a lot of what he experienced on his time here on earth. But John 7 verse 12, it says, There was a lot of grumbling about him, Jesus, among the crowds. Some argued he is a good man, but others said he is nothing but a fraud who deceives the people. So again, that right there, I think, is a perfect example of what his comment section would look like. Because he didn't have a comment section, but he had a crowd. And they're saying two completely different things. Some people are criticizing him, like he is a deceiver. He is a fraud, like nothing good comes from that man. And others are like, I think he's all right. You know, I I don't see anything wrong with this man. I think he's a pretty good guy. Two different opinions existing in the same space. I present to you the comment section. But even if you want to take a, um, take a look at moments where he was heavily criticized. Oh my gosh, this is one of the things that I like. I can't stand to read because the moments before Jesus went to the cross, I mean, people literally were spitting in his face, criticizing him, accusing him right as he's about to die for all those sins. Like that is one part of the scripture that I just can't stomach. Every time I read it, I get so angry. I get sad because I remember when I used to criticize him like that, you know, like I get so emotional. But understand, again, Jesus is without sin. He never fell into sin, never did anything wrong. Literally, he is perfect. And he experienced a false accusation and wild name calling and just and it's just terrible how he was criticized a moments before his death. And I am taking a look at Luke 22, specifically verses 10 and 11. I'll read it real fast just so you can get a feel of what that criticism looked like. But again, Luke 22, starting in verse 10, moments before he went to the cross, these verses read, Meanwhile, the leading priest and the teachers of religious law stood there shouting their accusations at Jesus. Verse 11, then Herod and his soldiers began mocking and ridiculing Jesus. Y'all, this is the same Jesus who's just getting ready to die for their sins. Like every time I read that, it blows my mind because it's like even then he loved them enough to die for them. Even then he loved them enough to, to offer them new life like Oh, gosh, that just makes me teary eyed a little bit because this man did nothing wrong and he's being ridiculed and he's being criticized. Y'all. And then, I mean, of course, we already read together how those same accusations and um, compliments and and praise existed in that setting in John seven. But but you take a look at, you know, moments when Jesus did something miraculous among the crowds or even just among his own disciples. And you see them worshiping him and acknowledging him as God and, you know, ultimately complimenting him, which is a weak word because Jesus isn't just complimented. I certainly don't just compliment Jesus. I worship him and praise him and rightfully so. But you see those moments too, when he is getting a lot of compliments and and, uh, worship and people are like, Jesus, you should be our king here on earth. And all of 
of that. Jesus walked through it all. And again, he's still experiencing that today. There's some people who love him. There's some people who hate him. And there's some people who just outright misunderstand him. And they commit themselves to misunderstanding him. They don't want to pick up a Bible. They don't want to get to know him for himself. They just, yep, I read a scary verse one time in fifth grade and I never looked back. Like he gets all kinds of flack. But in that verse I just read to y'all in Luke 23, I'm sorry, I don't think that was Luke 22, uh, Luke 23 verses 10 through 11. If you study that text a little bit further, you'll find that Jesus didn't respond to their accusations. All that ridicule, all that mocking, Jesus didn't respond to that. And even in moments when he was worshipped, he wasn't like, oh yeah, y'all, you know, say it louder. Uh, Who's your king? I'm your king. Like he wasn't like egging the people on, wanting more and more worship and more and more compliments. No, there's a way that Jesus responded that I think we ought to take a look at, especially for those of us who are dealing with the fear of man, dealing with the fear of feedback, and you don't want to go any further. You're, you want to quit before you even got started because of the kinds of, uh, you know, criticism that you might undergo if you do decide to, you know, dare to obey, dare to say yes and be like, you know what, God, this is what you're calling me to. I'm going to do it. We ought to take a look at Jesus's response because, I mean, if he's a perfect man, a perfect God, that means he had a perfect response. And in all the responses that you'll find in scripture, there are so many. And the few verses that I gave you, there's so many more like that. I just wanted to give you all a quick picture of, you know, the kinds of feedback that Jesus received. But there's also different ways that Jesus responded. And in in some ways they're all different, but they're all the right response. And so instead of taking a look at all the right responses, I want to just go to the root of that right response. Like, How did Jesus undergo all that he did, that intense amount of accusation and also intense amount of compliments and praise and worship and people are like, we love you. And at the same time, people are like, we hate you and we want to kill you and we want to stone you, which, you know, Jesus, Jesus's life was threatened many times before the actual cross, if you read the gospels closely. But the main reason why Jesus had such a right response and he knew, okay, when he should speak up and when he should be silent. Like Jesus was able to rightly judge all of those moments because Jesus knew who he was. The reason why none of those responses faced him, whether he was being complimented or criticized, no matter what, Because Jesus knew who he was, none of those responses faced him. He was able to do exactly what God called him to do with the utmost confidence and the utmost certainty, believing fully with his whole heart that he's doing exactly what God the Father asked him to do. The reason why he did that so well is because he simply just knew who he was. And if we're going to walk in our purpose... If we're going to walk in the call that God has placed on each of our lives, we better know who we are. Please note, I did not say we better know what we do. I said we better know who we are. Because I kicked off this fifth season saying, honestly, that anyone can do it because anyone can, but not everyone can be it. Not everyone could really be with God, fulfilling their ultimate purpose in life and in their being with God, discovering who they ultimately are. 
Everyone can do it, but not everyone can be it. And I want to take time to stress that who you are is separate from what you do. And not only is that shown from the very beginning of time in Genesis 127, when God calls us human beings and not human doings, not only is it known there, but we see that truth once again in Jesus's life because Jesus knew who he was before he did anything. Before he started his ministry, again, he started that ministry when he was about 30 years old. Before he started his ministry, he already knew who he was. And he knew who he was because he was being with God the Father. And God the Father made it very clear in Matthew three seventeen. Not only did he make it clear in that moment, but God the Father made it clear in many moments. You can imagine in 30 years before that. But in Matthew three seventeen, God the Father makes it known about his son. He says, this is my dearly loved son in whom I'm well pleased. Meaning before Jesus did anything, he was dearly loved. And that's exactly why we kicked off this fifth season in the way that we did that second episode, No Excuses. It's like Ephesians 3, specifically verses 18 through 19, Paul goes in on, you need to understand how loved you are before you can do anything, before you step out in faith and you do the thing that God's called you to, you better know who you are. And it doesn't matter who's listening today. I don't care what your story is, what your passion is, what your dream is, your purpose. It's all different. We all have different stories. We're different people. Of course, we're going to have different stories. But regardless of our differences, one thing I can say about us all here today is that we are deeply, dearly loved by God. All of us are. And the only way we can stand up against all criticism, all compliments, and when we dare to brave the pesky comment section, the only way we can do that well, the way Jesus did, is to know how loved we are. Matthew 3, 7 happened before any other miracle moment that Jesus performed. Again, before Jesus did anything, he knew who he was. So that when the criticism came, when the compliments came, it didn't faze him because he's like, I've been knew who I was. I know how loved I am. So whether you love me or not, hate me or not, I'm loved by my father. He's pleased with me. And I know he's pleased with me because I've spent time with him. I didn't just come out the womb and start doing all, all kinds of things. No, I've been with God. Listen, this is Jesus, for like 100% man, 100% God. If this is a practice that he followed, that he was being with God before he did anything, we look silly when we try and go out and do for God before we were even being with God. That's a problem. Because then when the criticism comes and the feedback comes and the compliments come, all of that comes, we better know who we are. Because that's the only way Jesus was able to respond rightly to the criticism and the compliment. It's because Jesus knew who he was. And so with that said, if you're tuned into today's episode and this is something that paralyzes you the way it paralyzed me, the fear of feedback, listen, again, your ultimate purpose is to be with God. And thank God for that because when he calls you to something, it's your being with God that's going to sustain your doing with God. You know what I mean? Like, again, no matter what you're called to, whether it's music or whether it is, you know, full-time ministry or if it's 
writing, if it's podcasting, if it's singing, if it's dancing and acting, if it's parenting, if it's being a student, being a friend, whatever that looks like for you, you can only do that well when you are being with God. And from that place of being, you can do. And so you don't have to be paralyzed by fear. You don't have to be paralyzed by what people say of you, what people think of you, because you can walk in truth knowing that you are loved. You can say confidently, you can look back at those moments of being with God and you're like, this doesn't faze me because I've sat with him and I talked to him and what you're saying doesn't align with what he's saying. So you can just rub that baby right off your shoulder and keep it moving and keep staying faithful to what God's called you to because you are going to experience criticism at the same time you're going to experience compliments and none of them should faze you because like Jesus, like how he modeled for us here on earth, he knew who he was in his father. And you only knew that because of his being with him. So I'm recording today's episode to urge us and to challenge us to be with God. And in our being with God, let that be the only voice you listen to. That voice is going to tell you the truth. That voice is going to meet every need that you need when you, you know, it's launch day and it can be a scary time. You launch your baby out into the world. It's something you've been working on for a long time. That's a scary moment. I can testify. And in those moments, you're going to need a lot of love. You're going to need a a father's pat on the back. You're going to need a father's affection in those moments. And if you're just doing it without being with God, that's going to be a hard day for you. Launch day is going to be miserable. (laughs) I am speaking from experience. And I don't want that for any of us. I want us to really, truly live out the call God has in our lives. But we can only successfully do that in our being with the Lord. Because in our being with God, God is going to tell us the truth. And many times that truth isn't going to be found in your comment section. You have to get that from him. And so I want to end today's To Be Her Tuesday by giving you one last thought to chew on before we close out today's episode. Because Jesus experienced, again, the criticism and the compliments alike. He's experienced it all. I want to make it very clear that Jesus was perfect experiencing that. Okay? You and I are not. (laughs) I feel like a lot of times some people are like, oh, people are hating on me. People hate on Jesus too. And it's like, well, hold on now, because is the hate you're experiencing hate? Or is it the people who love you saying, yo, this does not reflect the heart of God. This does not reflect Jesus. This does not reflect godly character. I want to make that very known because yes, God speaks to you in your being with God, but God also speaks to his children. And if the people around you, the godly people around you are like, whoa, red flag, hold on now. Like, let's talk about this, let's lean into that. And you don't listen, please trust. That's a whole different conversation. God is faithful enough to not just talk to you directly, but because we're all a family in the body of Christ, he does also use people, godly people, to confirm a lot of the things that he's telling you. And please understand that when I say godly people, I mean godly people who have relational equity with you, people who are in relationship with you. They're not just someone who you sit across from in church, like people who do life with you. I have about seven people in my life who don't just love me, but they know me personally and they can confirm a lot of what God's been telling me in private, you know, and so I go to them and God speaks through them to me. And sometimes it's not always, oh, Yana, you're great. You're doing a lot of good things. But 
It's like they love me enough to say something hard that I know comes from the Lord. Does that make sense? I, it's not the purpose of today's episode, but I just want to pause and make mention of that. Because some people, you know, they think they're getting hated on in the way Jesus was getting hated on, that they're not doing nothing wrong. And it's like, now, hold on now. Like, Jesus is perfect. We are not. Okay? Like, there's nobody on earth who can give Jesus constructive criticism. Like, he's perfect. We are not. And so even constructive criticism, I kind of hate that term a lot because people cringe at the word criticism. But if people who know you, number one, and they love you, number two, are speaking into your life something that to you may come off as hate and criticism, please understand that love corrects. Love challenges. Love doesn't just compliment you so you can feel good and, and not be held to anything higher. But no, love doesn't criticize it certainly doesn't do that but love does correct and it does convict and it does challenge you and if the people in your life who know you and love you or are correcting you and they are challenging you and they are convicting you do yourself a favor and listen okay you're not Jesus you're not perfect I'm not perfect and the people who speak up thank God for those people because Proverbs say time and time again the wise listen to that kind of advice like the wise do fools don't but the wise do and I want to leave y'all with that thought when it comes to feedback I trust that this episode helped you in the way that it helped me uh demolish the fear of man in my life the fear of man stopped me from doing a lot of things I should have done and it kept me from you know enjoying the the doing with God because I idolized what people thought more than um what God thought and that's a, a really scary place to be so I hope today's To Be Her Tuesday helped you break out of that. If so, please let me know in the reviews. I love hearing how each To Be Her Tuesday has helped you. Um, and I'm so grateful for those of you who do let me know how each and every To Be Her Tuesday has, has blessed you. Uh, be sure to rate the podcast, follow and subscribe to To Be Heard Podcast so you don't miss an episode. Also be sure to follow To Be Heard Podcast on Instagram so you can stay up to date with each and every episode. But I am most looking forward to continue on in this fifth season next week right here on To Be Heard Podcast.